Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. Ryzen get some Z-Wave. Goji delays. Walmart goes smart home. An interview with Roll Peters from Roost. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. Hey everyone, Mike Wolf here. Welcome to the Smart Home Show. It's been about a week since I published an episode, so I apologize for missing the last week of update. I might do a little kind of combo episode here where I update what's going on in the week weekly smart home news as well as introduce my interview for the week i have a a conversation with roll peters who is the ceo of roost which is a company behind the roost smart battery which is a wi-fi connected battery and the more i hear about this the more interesting it is to me because i've been thinking a lot about this idea of making dumb devices existing stuff in your home smarter instead of swapping everything out. And I wrote a piece for Forbes basically talking about this retrofit opportunity and how, you know, currently basically most of the smart home stuff coming to market that requires you to put in new stuff is essentially what we used to call in the, or probably still do call in, in the business world, forklift upgrades. So you basically take everything out, pull it out and sell it or throw it away. Most likely throwing it away. You can maybe sell it on Craigslist. But if you have 10 smoke arms and you want to do the, the nest protect and you want to go all nest protect, that means you're basically going to have to get rid of 10 smoke arms, including all the stuff inside it and all the electronics and all the the chemicals and, and all the stuff that goes into landfills, as well as you have to turn screws and swap out electrical wiring uh, and and all that stuff, That all the stuff that's required in putting in a new device that needs electricity. And what Roost is saying, what other some of these other companies coming to market that are trying to create retrofit devices that work with the existing stuff to make them smarter. They're saying you don't necessarily have to do that. You can basically swap out a piece of it. And then in this case, it's swapping out the battery and you can make your existing device smart. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think it is an intriguing idea. I think this idea of retrofit smart home is one that could gain, gain steam. I'm starting to think about my 2015 trends that I'll be outlining for the smart home. I, I think one of them will be gaining momentum for this idea of the retrofit smart home basically taking existing stuff, making it smarter, as opposed to forklift upgrading around your home. And I haven't really seen anyone writing about this as much in terms of like a trend. So I think you heard it here first. Um, I'll put a link into my show notes and to the, the notes to the Forbes article I wrote. So you can check that out. So that was one piece of interesting news or one thing that's kind of been brewing over the past couple of weeks of this trend I've been noticing. Moving on to other smart home news. Like I said, I want to do a quick catch up on some of the news before we get to our interview with Roll. I think the biggest news in smart home over the past week came on Monday, and it was kind of understated in that Verizon announced that it had a new router called the Fios Quantum Gateway. It's a router for its Fios service. And, you know, all the PR, all the information in the PR was around the usual blather about it's a faster router, you can do streaming services, better Wi-Fi, yada, yada, yada. And they said nothing about it being really a, a device that is a foundational platform for them to deliver connected home and smart home services, consumer internet of things services. But in reality, that's what it is. 
Because when you look under the hood a little bit, if you look at who their partners are, um, you'll see that this thing actually is and probably the, could be the foundation for what is Verizon's next generation of Internet of Things services. Uh, I talked to some, some people and they told me that in this router is a Z-Wave radio, which is really interesting. It was not in the PR. They didn't talk about it. But the fact that this router has Z-Wave in it, the new Fios Quantum Gateway, lets you know that they're looking to connect to Z-Wave devices in the home. You don't put a Z-Wave radio in a router unless you're looking to possibly have a managed smart home, home automation service or something akin to that. And I think that's what they're looking to do. They also, uh, according to my sources, have another slot in it, essentially what was termed another slot for a home automation interface. So that could be something like Zigbee. If you remember this spring, uh, there was an, uh, there was some news broke, Fierce Cable uncovered it. Dave Zatz wrote about the the fact that GreenWave and Verizon had filed with FCC for a Zigbee-enabled device, so a Zigbee-enabled router. So, you know, one of the radios that could be put into this additional slot could be Zigbee. Another radio that could be put in is Bluetooth. Now, of course, that's just me speculating. Maybe my fixation with Bluetooth over the last couple of weeks as a as a smart home technology, if you've been following my writing, been following the pod, the podcast. Uh, it's one of those things that I've been intrigued with. And so I think that that could be another possibility. Quite honestly, what they're doing is, is leaving this thing somewhat modular, allowing themselves to basically expand and put in technologies as the smart home evolves. And so if you're gonna if you're gonna be Verizon rolling out a, a gateway that is a foundation for smart home services, you probably want to leave yourself some room for flexibility, some room for maneuvering. And I think that's what they're doing. Another piece of interesting smart home news, this is something I've been kind of following closely. As you know, I follow the smart lock space kind of closely. And I've been bugging Goji, the maker of the Wi-Fi smart lock. Uh, they had an Indiegogo campaign. They'd gone dark for six months, maybe even seven months. Hadn't really done an update. Their backers are getting restless. It's almost a pastime of mine going to crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and looking at the comments pages and watching the backers get restless as devices, as they miss their ship dates and go on and on and on for months. If you want to watch another entertaining one, go to the Agent Smartwatch on Kickstarter. They're, uh, they're about uh, to, to riot, that, that crew. But it's just interesting to watch. And so Goji had an updated. And as I've written before, one of the worst things you can do if you're a crowdfunding campaign, if you're a company who's crowdfunded device and you're serious about delivering, if you're going to ship eventually, you need to constantly update your backers on what's going on. And going six months is a huge, huge red flag. And so they updated this past week. And basically they said that they're not coming out until April of 2015 with the smart lock. That's when they're going to ship, which is almost a year and a half past the original ship date. Now, I know that people, when they create crowdfunding campaigns, oftentimes are overly optimistic with regards to the ship date, particularly around hardware. And this one looked like it missed it by a mile. So... It'll be interesting. I have noticed that the Wi-Fi smart locks of the world, including Lockatron and now Goji, have trouble in terms of ship dates. Um, and I know that you know when we look at Wi-Fi as a technology, I think the engineering challenges are definitely harder regarding to make these things last long from a battery life perspective because Wi-Fi wasn't developed, at least this current generation, before low-power low Wi-Fi is out in the market wasn't developed really to kind of uh, make devices last for a year or two on battery. So that, I think that's one of the challenges that they're having. I wrote in my write-up, it makes it all more impressive that company like Lockstate, which have been shipping their Wi-Fi smart lock. Granted, it's a, it's a push-button one. It's a little bit different style, but they've been out in the market 
for a year or more. So it is kind of interesting to watch that company uh, relative to these newcomers who are trying to ship Wi-Fi smart locks. There's a couple other small pieces of news, nothing really huge, some funny for a smart vent company called Keen. I thought that was interesting. Uh, this idea of, of controlling airflow into each room using uh, smart vents, I think that's fairly intriguing. Gives you higher degree of control, higher fidelity control uh, than you would with a centralized thermostat like a Nest by room. So I think that's kind of interesting. So we'll see how they do. Smart Things came out with their Windows app. I think that's interesting. Not not a huge piece of news, but I think you know you're seeing Windows finally start to accumulate more and more apps for these these smart home systems. Um, first Instion and now Smart Things have have Windows apps out there. And the last piece of news I'll just talk about very quickly is I wasn't in my write up because it just broke this week. Uh, Walmart basically unveiled their their new rollout of their connected home aisle in Walmart. So Walmart is now joining. Uh, the likes of Lowe's, joining the likes of Home Depot, and joining the likes of, likes of Best Buy, which basically announced and unveiled their smart home aisle or, or area. Walmart is doing theirs just in time for Christmas. And I just got a press release today sent to me by the folks at Insteon. They're, they're being featured pretty heavily in the Walmart smart home aisle. So it looks like we have most of the big guys rolling out their smart home initiatives. I haven't seen a focused initiative from Target yet, but you know that's probably to come, maybe even before Christmas. Uh, Best Buy certainly has their stuff ready to go for Christmas. And so I expect smart home to be a fairly interesting and hot topic and hot gift area for Christmas, particularly point products. I think we'll see lots of connected cameras, some smart walks, and things like Nest thermostats flying off store shelves come this Christmas time. Well, that's it for the weekly update Hey, did you know that I'm also giving away another device? Tyler from Chicago won the Oort Smartome system, and you know they're actually just shipping their just shipping their their Bluetooth light bulbs and their and their beacons, their little smart finders. So we ship those off to to Tyler. Well, I'm hoping to get a report back from him how those work, because I've yet to try them myself. But I'm giving away an August smart lock, an August Bluetooth smart lock. If you want to enter that giveaway, if you've already entered by sending in your review on iTunes, a screenshot of that. You're entered for this one as well. But if you want to enter, want to try and win an August Smart Walk and maybe some other devices in the future, you know what to do. Just give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Send in a screenshot to thesmartomeshow at gmail.com. You'll be entered for that. You know where to find The Smart Home Show? Just go to technology.fm. You can find us on iTunes as well. You can find us on Stitcher. Uh, and you can find us in, in your usual podcast spaces. If you, want to, if you want to check out The Smart Home Weekly, just go to smarthomeweekly.net. And you'll find our weekly newsletter, What's Happening in the Smart Home News. You can sign up for that there. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my interview with Roll Peters. Well, I'm really happy to have Roll Peters, the CEO of Roost, on the show today. How are you doing, Roll? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, uh, Mike. Yeah, you guys came out last week with an announcement about your product. We had talked earlier in the month when you had announced your funding. You had gotten close to a million dollars, 975000 but at the time, you were a little bit stealthy. You weren't really revealing what you guys were doing. That's right. And I was intrigued by the the the, the words you were using, uh, retrofit, low cost, all, all the things that I think are important with regards to the smart home. But uh, you didn't reveal until last week. And when you revealed, it was a smart battery. So explain what you, you guys sh- uh, showed the world. Yeah, so what we uh, announced last week was the Roost smart battery which is a smart battery, a smart 9-volt battery designed to go into your uh, smoke alarm. 
So the nice thing about it is it can replace your existing uh, battery in your smoke alarm and by just exchanging, uh, by just retrofitting uh, your battery, you're able to make your smoke alarm uh, smart now. And so this, the battery actually uh, is able to detect when an alarm goes off and provide notification on your phone uh, when that uh, alarm starts uh, sounding. Yeah, and I'm intrigued by this idea of retrofit because when you look at a lot of the, the smart stuff coming out, be like a Nest Detect or, or some of these others, um, it's a it's a, it's basically a forklift upgrade. You you basically take out your old alarm that isn't smart, doesn't have wireless connectivity, and you replace it with a more expensive one. But what you're saying is, why not use what's out there? Let's plug in a, a battery with the embedded smarts and the embedded communications to do that and, and essentially make them smart. That's right. That's right, uh, Mike. And I, I think there there's two facets uh, uh, to that. One is people don't just want to uh replace stuff uh if it's not uh, if it's still working you know if it's if it ain't broke uh, don't fix it right this uh is the saying so people don't just uh, throw stuff away and and replace it with new stuff uh just uh, uh just because of that and so being able to provide a a retrofit something that is uh, uh is uh, re- leveraging the devices that people have already um, brings a different angle to the space and I think a much easier, much lower hurdle for people to adopt. The second part is uh, is also the retrofit angle being a, people are familiar uh, with it. It's not like I'm, I'm buying this new uh, device, I don't know how it's going to work, I don't know how, how to install it. I mean, there's lots of questions there. And I think providing something in a familiar way to a consumer, they understand what a 9-volt battery does, what it's supposed to do, uh, how it's installed. And everybody has done uh, has installed a 9-volt battery before. So it's much more familiar and as such intuitive uh, to be able to uh, uh, to get uh, uh, wrap your head around the product itself. Talk about the battery. It's a, it's a battery. It's 9-volt, uh, which is standard for at least in the U.S., things like alarm systems, and it has embedded Wi-Fi, which the most surprising thing to me was it has a, a battery life. You're, you're stating a battery life of five years, which seems a long time because Wi-Fi, as we all know, is fairly heavy power draw traditionally. So talk about what you, you know, how you get to five years in total battery life with an embedded radio. That's right. That's a good. Good question. So, um, and, and, and this is really um, where my background and, and where I'm coming from. I might the last company uh, I, I founded was a company called Osmo Devices, and uh, we were acquired by Atmel uh, just about two years ago, and we developed the lowest power uh, Wi-Fi chips uh, in the world uh, at the time. And uh, we've been going into uh, devices like remote controls. A good example for is the Roku 3 box. That remote control is actually a Wi-Fi remote control. So I've spent the last 10 years working on developing actual Wi-Fi chips that uh, are that go, that are going into devices that have um, months and years uh, of battery life, running from simple two uh, AA batteries and uh, using uh, obviously uh, Wi-Fi. And so th- that's kind of my background, where I'm coming from. I think the industry in general has uh, evolved uh, to a point where Wi-Fi is at that crossroads from a cost perspective as well as from a um, a power uh, envelope perspective that it becomes feasible to do 
products like uh, like we announced uh, last week um, and uh, bring those benefits uh, to the consumer. Talk a little bit more about the Wi-Fi. Are you using the Atmel Osmo technology? What are you using? Because we're not necessarily at the point with with regards to Wi-Fi standards, at least, that the Wi-Fi low power is out on the market. Um, but it sounds like you probably are using what could be an early draft of what we'll see later on. Um, yeah, so um, we're, we're not at this point talking about uh, the specific uh, Wi-Fi solution or we're, we're not uh, revealing that. Um, it's, uh, uh, th- that's, uh, uh, that's still uh, uh, confidential. But uh, what I can say is that we are using uh, standard Wi-Fi um, because we want to make sure that we interoperate with the uh, Wi-Fi access points that are widely deployed uh, in consumers' homes and, and across the world. So we will be uh, using standard um, 11, uh, 802.11bg uh, uh, type of solutions uh, for our uh, for our product. And when the battery comes out, um, it'll be I think in Q1 or Q2 of 2015. Q2, that's Q2 correct. Q2 2015, and I think yes. you had a, a price range of twenty-five to thirty-five dollars, depending on the amount of batteries people buy. So, talk about that. Are you are you looking at kind of the cost of entry for single batteries at thirty-five dollars, and then maybe bulk rates for like a multi-pack at twenty-five? Yeah, you, you you got it exactly right, uh, Mike. So uh, we're we're looking at single units um, at, at that uh, thirty-five dollars uh, price point, and then as uh, as we're selling bundles um, of uh, of multiple batteries, uh, that price point comes down, uh, and we'll we'll get to the twenty-five dollar average uh, per battery. Is this the first? I mean, I mean, if you you've done your due diligence, is I don't know of any other Wi-Fi connected batteries. Is this the first that you know of? And if so, have you guys? Uh, filed for and gotten any patents around this? Yeah, as far as I can tell, uh, we we haven't seen anybody uh, or heard of anybody uh, doing this uh, uh, something like this. So yeah, we think we we have a very um, innovative approach uh, here, and um, we have we have indeed filed uh, several patents. Um, they're patent pending uh, right now. Um, it's been too too early to actually uh, get uh, get them issued. But we f- we feel like we have some some very strong uh, patent protection uh, in the works here uh, to uh, to protect uh, uh, the concept uh, all the way to the implementation. Talk about the intelligence built into these because my understanding is they detect if there is an event, if there's an alarm, um, and so what is is it is it basically sound detection? Is it motion detection? Is it just draw on the battery? How does it work? Um, and and yeah. talk a little bit about that. To make, to make sure that we actually uh, have the most reliable uh, mechanism of detection, we're actually using audio. Yeah? Um, if you were to use uh, current draw, it wouldn't be that, that reliable. And specifically keeping in mind that about two-thirds of all smoke alarms uh, in the U.S. are battery-powered only, but another third is uh, mains-powered with uh, battery backup. And so we want to be able to, uh, and the consumer doesn't necessarily know which kind of smoke alarm he actually has. So we want to make sure to address in a uh, simple way, uh, address the entire market. And so that's why we uh, chose to uh, to use audio detection. Um, also, the audio detection, the audio that the alarm uh, makes is actually uh, regulated. So it uh, uh, it allows us to uh, to very accurately pinpoint when alarm goes off because it makes a, a very specific uh, type of sound um, and we can detect uh, detect that. 
Are there regulatory hoops that you have to jump through because this is a smoke detector, smoke alarm? Um, I would imagine that the FCC, for example, probably hasn't seen a lot of Wi-Fi powered batteries. So talk about that process. Yeah, we we believe that definitely um, we are a wireless product. So um, FCC uh, certification and uh, things like that are uh, are definitely uh, important. On the other hand, we're not a smoke alarm. Yeah, um, we're not uh, we're not touching anything on the uh, on the inside, and so we're we're not doing the actual smoke detection uh, itself. Yeah, we're we're only uh, if you will amplifying the audio that the smoke alarm makes, amplifying that to also provide a notification on your phone. So I, I think we um, uh, we wouldn't uh, uh, be subject to uh, regulation that specifically applies to uh, smoke alarms uh, here. Talk about other devices. It makes sense that this is a smoke alarm is where you're, the, you're going after in terms of the retrofit opportunity. First, um, are you going to work in carbon monoxide alarms? Are you going to look at working in other devices like that aren't even like an alarm, something that, um, you know, anything I, I would think would be interesting. There's lots of opportunities to basically fit into a retrofit opportunity to make things smarter. That's right. That's right. And so so our first product, uh, we're, we're very focused on the smoke alarm uh, market. Um, but having said that, the the same functionality of an, detecting an audio signal um, when an alarm goes off, uh, applies here when it comes to carbon monoxide, so CO uh, alarms, as well as uh, water leak uh, alarms. And most of those devices, smoke alarms, CO alarms, and water leak alarms, uh, they all use the 9-volt uh, battery uh, form factor. So although we're, we're talking um, mostly about smoke alarms, the product uh, definitely applies to uh, several kinds of alarms here, smoke, CO, and, and, and water leak. As it pertains to other devices, this is really where we um, we will be looking at our uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign as well. Uh, that's coming up um, in uh, uh, in the next few weeks, and and getting feedback, getting feedback from the community, getting feedback from uh, from our uh, our customers on what would you like, uh, what would you guys like uh, like to see, what what makes sense, and what would be valuable um, to uh, to actually uh, make connected. So that's uh, definitely part uh, uh, of our uh, uh, Kickstarter uh, outreach. So you guys have a round of, of angel funding or, or seed funding, but you are looking for a Kickstarter campaign for market validation as well as potentially to obviously get you an initial round of, of customers. So th will those folks get the, ba the batteries first before they go to retail? Uh, that is correct, yes. So we, we really – the way I look at that is um, with a Kickstarter campaign – uh, typically, the funds you raise with Kickstarter are, are insufficient to uh, build a company to be able to sustain um, a, a product and, and really build a high-quality uh, product. So that's why we, we raised the seed money uh, first to make sure that we could build uh, a company and the infrastructure that is necessary to build uh, uh, really great products. The Kickstarter campaign itself is is really to get that uh, market validation. Are we on the right track here? Is this something that people uh, uh, can uh, can understand and actually uh, like? And uh, really getting that market validation and market feedback 
is uh, at this stage in the uh, development cycle is uh, is really important to us, and, and we very much uh, look forward to that. And in terms of availability of retail, Q2 of 2015, is, do you guys know if you'll be available online or brick and mortar, or is that still being determined? Um, that uh, I, I don't have a uh, uh, firm answer on that, uh, Mike. That's our intentions. Those are our plans. Um, but uh, um, I, I don't have any uh, uh any specifics on that uh, at this stage. Hey, well, thank you so much, Roel, for spending a little bit of time with me. I think it's an interesting opportunity, um, an interesting product. I, I definitely think that retrofit is a uh, one interesting approach because so much of these newer products require a swap out of existing hardware. And so this could be an entry point for people who want to put their toes in the water around the smart home. What's interesting also is the price points are and to me, um, impulse level, and they're 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 giftable, right? So you can basically give someone right. a pack of these instead of, uh, whereas giving them a bunch of smoke alarms at a high price point probably isn't so real realistic. I, I I cannot agree more. So that that's that's our thesis uh, here, uh, Mike. We, we believe that that's the case. Um, I think we will we'll know more um, uh, during our Kickstarter campaign. We're definitely going to be testing some some bundles and 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 see how people uh, how people react. And I think it's going to tell us we'll know a lot more in uh, in a few weeks, in a few months here. All right. Thanks a lot, Roll. Thank you so much, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So that's it. That's my interview with Roll Peters about the Roost Smart Battery. What would you think? Would you put some smart batteries in your old smoke arms and make them smart? Probably if you're spending a lot of money, if you're, if you're going to have to spend a lot of money to swap out all your smoke arms, you'd probably consider it. And if it works well, why not? I think it's an interesting idea. And I'm really intrigued to see what happens when they start shipping next year at Q2. Hey, everyone, once again, thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about Roost, just go to smartroost.net. You can find out more about them and uh, sign up, maybe pre-order if you're interested there. And if you want to listen to the Smart Home Show, you know where to go. Just go to technology.fm. You can also find us on iTunes. And, hey, if you want to win an August Smart Walk, why wouldn't you? I don't understand if you're listening to the show why you wouldn't want to try and win some free gear. Just give us a review on, on your favorite podcast space or directory a lot of you listen through itunes some of you listen through stitcher maybe there's some other ones out there just to give us review an honest review take a screenshot send it to the smart home show at gmail.com also if you're if you're interested in the written version of these these write-ups just go to just go to smarthomeweekly.net and check that out as well hey everyone once again thanks for listening we'll talk to you soon